I want to uh, turn your attention this morning to the, or tonight, to the book of 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30. Um, if you would uh, like to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, I think that would be good. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 3. And uh, we're going to read through, um, probably down through verse 8. 1 Samuel chapter 30, and we begin reading verse 3. We're going to uh, read from the uh, New uh, international version of the Bible. When David and his men reached Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and son and their sons and daughters and wives taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured: Ahimelech of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength. The King James Version says he encouraged himself in the Lord. The New International Version says he found strength in the Lord his God. Verse 7, then David said to Abathar the priest, the son of Himelech, bring me the ephod. Abathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. I want to talk for a few moments tonight as we conclude this year. I want to talk to you about a successful rescue, a successful rescue. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, we're thankful to be in your house tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this great year. What a good God you are. Thank you for keeping us, our families, and our homes. Thank you for your word that continues to lead us and guide us. We pray now, Lord, as we are engaged in this service that we want to honor you this last day of this year. I pray, Lord, that our hearts and minds would be open to your word and that once again, you would give us, Lord, the necessary words from Scripture to help guide us in this transition. And we'll be careful to give you praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated, and thank you for standing. Uh, certainly, the Bible is quite transparent. One of the things I love about Scripture is that even our, our biblical heroes are shown uh, from a human light of struggle. It's good because it encourages us to know that the struggles that we have are not specific just to us. It's part of uh, the human condition. And these men are, are individuals that we look to in Scripture and we see them as heroes of faith, but uh, they were humans just like us. They didn't wear a, uh, a Superman cape. They had low moments um, like any person that lives in this life will have like any of us they they had moments where uh, they you know made the right decisions and moments where they struggled to make the right decisions and uh, many times uh, we can relate to them in a special way because of that the pressure uh, the strain the struggle the loss the disappointment uh, many times we we look at what we're facing and we think that uh, you know we've just kind of been hit from every side but, you know, everybody has a cross to carry. Everybody is dealing with a struggle. 
they're dealing with heartache. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, sometimes when I uh, am in airports and waiting on uh, planes to board and so forth, it's always interesting uh, to watch uh, children and how they uh, handle the challenges of travel uh, in airports, uh, and sometimes just the, the interaction on playgrounds, the social interaction, amusement parks, uh, restaurants, and even church. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been interesting uh, for me uh, as a father uh, to, to watch. You know, I don't uh, see too many children per se uh, nowadays because my uh, children are all teenagers, but uh, there was a time uh, many years ago when I, you know, would sit and watch uh, one of my three children, or perhaps two or three of them at a time, depending on what the circumstance was. But it didn't matter if you were at a park or at a ball game or whatever. Uh, it was always interesting to watch uh, children and how they uh, interact. Uh, one thing that you can be certain of is that kids will be kids. Uh, they laugh, they cry, they squeal, they run, they jump. They're humans. They're little humans, but they're experiencing the the gamut of intense emotions uh, like all of us do while, while they are still learning social graces. And what's even more interesting than watching uh, the children is to watch how parents respond to their children. Uh, some are quick. Uh, some are slower to react. Uh, no doubt they have more children. Um, the ones that only have one child are usually... Uh, the ones that panic the quickest, but some smile, some ignore, some help their children to recover by instruction, uh, some by love, some let them work it out, some are oblivious uh, that their child even uh, needs help, uh, some are not sure where their children are, some are not sure if they have children. <laughs> and then there are uh, some that are always frowning at the other kids and shooting a quick glance. Uh, at the parents of those other kids with a look of, why don't you do something about your kid? And uh, as interesting as all of those uh, actions and interactions of the children are and the reactions of the parents and, and as informative and as entertaining as that is, you know, the Bible gives us an example of the way the Lord interacts with us as being a father. And the way that God responds when one of his uh, children are in need is quite uh, informative and even sometimes a little entertaining. Uh, many times the Lord is loving and gracious and kind and, and long suffering, helping and leading and guiding, but many times uh, He responds as a father would that is wanting uh, His children to grow uh, into maturity and to learn uh, how to deal with some of the challenges of life. And so, in the few moments that I have with you tonight, I'd ask that you would. A journey with me on this road of discovery and recovery. Uh, the, the text that we read in Scripture tonight uh, was about uh, David who was at a desperate place. David uh, and his men, these, these men that uh, had surrounded uh, David were quite interesting individuals. Uh, they were um, men that were sort of the rejects of society. Uh, but they had become amazing warriors under David's tutelage. 
They were referred to as David's mighty men. I mean, they were the Navy SEALs before there were Navy SEALs. They became a force in the earth on, on David's behalf, but they didn't start out that way. And uh, it'd be interesting for uh, somebody with the talent and a lot of money to make a movie about David's mighty men. But I, I don't know that there's ever been a movie made about that. If there has, I haven't seen it. But in my mind, I've seen many movies about David's mighty men because of my imagination. And uh, I, I see these men and, and all that uh, they went through and they're, uh, they're battle-hardened and they are uh, men that do not cave very easily. They're men that uh, understand opposition and adversity. And uh, at this particular point in the context of the scripture that we read tonight, they are uh, at, a, at a particular place that perhaps was the, the lowest moment in their uh, life. Uh, one of the things that I, I wonder uh, when I think about these men is what happened to all of them after David was made king. They probably were all uh, used in the kingdom and probably all became very wealthy and, and were honored. In, but at this particular point, there was, uh, there was no indication that that day would ever come. They had been through a lot at, up to this point. They had been loyal uh, to David. They had uh, been through much adversity. They were without a home. Uh, they had been uh, rejected by uh, their home country. They were fugitives from justice. I mean, you can go down the list. And at this particular point in time, they had joined themselves to the Philistine army. And of course, the Philistines were the arch enemies of Israel, and they were uh, literally trying to survive by fighting with the Philistines. And they knew there would come a day where they would be forced into making a decision as to whether or not they would fight against their own people uh, and fight for the Philistines. The Philistines had been kind enough to them to give them a little area to live that was called Ziglag. It was a little uh, sort of an outpost, as it were. It wasn't in the city per, uh, per se, but uh, there was close proximity, and so they they stayed there, and they built a little community and a home. And there there came a time when the leaders of the Philistine army came calling and said, uh, "We're we're going to fight now, and and we invite you and your men, David, to come and join us." And and so they did uh, to learn that they would be fighting against Israel, but because they were committed to the Philistines, they were put in a position where they would have to fight against uh, their own countrymen. And so they were marching with the Philistine army. And the leaders of the Philistine army became concerned about that. They, they began to talk amongst themselves and say, this is a dangerous place that we're in because what if David and his men turn on us in battle? What if they see this as their opportunity to be, you know, received back into the good graces of their own uh, countrymen and they turn on us and they'll be fighting behind us and, and we would be caught in between and we would be ambushed and, you know, they would make David king and, he would use this as a springboard and so forth and so on, and, and it would be at our expense. And so uh, they, they took a quick poll and decided that the majority of the leaders of the Philistine army were against David and his men continuing this march to fight against Israel. So they went back and they said, David, we know, you know you're loyal and we appreciate everything that you've done, but uh, we, we don't really want you to go into battle with us against Israel. Uh, that must have been an answer to prayer in some regards because now uh, David and his men could graciously bow out uh, and, and they could return back to uh, their home in Ziglag. And maybe 
they were even talking amongst themselves as they went back to Ziglag and as they were on their horses and talking, isn't God good to give us this victory where we don't have to go into battle? What would it have been like for us to fight against our own, our own brothers? What would it have been like for us to have to fight against Israel? And, but God's protected us from that. And, and maybe they even laughed and joked, you know, and, 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 and kidded one another as they made their way back. But all of that quickly, abruptly came to a stop uh, when they went over the hill and saw that indeed Ziglag, their home, had been raided. All of the wives were gone. The children were all gone. Uh, the livestock, the animals, the servants, all of their possessions, everything was gone. The place had just been totally ransacked and burned to the ground. There was nothing left. And they got off their horses, fell off their horses, whatever. And they began to weep and cry so loud. Here they were trying to be loyal to the Philistine army. Here they were trying to uh, uh, be, you know, fulfilling of their obligations. And now their own home has been ransacked. I'm going to tell you something. It is indeed a trick of the enemy that when you're involved in ministry, when you're involved in the work of God, the enemy will try to come around the back door and he'll try to come around and harm your own family. He'll try to come around and and steal your own joy while you're working for the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Don't ever be dismayed by the attacks of the enemy because God has the final say. I said God has the final say. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he can close the back door and he can protect what you can't see. There may be times when you question, as I'm sure these men did, why were we doing this? We should have stayed home. We should have stayed here protecting our own families. But here we were. And so they begin to question everything. They begin to question their faith. They begin to question their loyalty to David. They begin to uh, take up rocks and he could hear them talking about how maybe we ought to just stone David. Let's just go ahead and kill him while we're out here. We This is ridiculous. What are we doing? And they wept and they cried. Here's David. He had been rejected uh, by King Saul, who had been his mentor uh, because of that uh, king of Israel's great jealousy for David. Uh, he had been, because of the rejection of the king, David had been rejected by the nation of Israel. And now uh, he had even been rejected by the Philistines because they didn't even want him to go to battle because of the vulnerability of that position. And so David was dealing with all of this personal rejection. And now they get back to camp and everything has been taken from him. They were at the end of their rope. They were uh, on the bottom rung. And so... David had to remove himself from this environment and he had to get a hold of God. The first thing that God does when you and I are in need is to bring us to a place where we can get strength. Strength. The Bible says he found strength in the Lord. He strengthened himself or encouraged himself. And it's important to note that he did this before he inquired of the Lord. Sometimes you have to rescue yourself before you can rescue others. I won't say that again. Sometimes you got to rescue yourself before you can rescue others. And you can't rescue yourself if you're always being self-critical. If you're always beating yourself up with self-criticism. You've got to be careful. I, I would even say be careful being around people that are self-critical. Because you will love your neighbor as yourself. 
So if you're around a person that's self-critical, be careful because you're next. You will love your neighbor as yourself. I'd rather be around people that like themselves. Because they'll like me too. But if you're around people that are always critical of themselves, you're next on the list. (laughs) But what's even more dangerous about a person who's self-critical is that they will abandon worship. It's hard to worship God when you're self-critical. Oh, I'm going to tell you, if the enemy can, he'll put every thought in your head to make you feel like you're a failure and this year hasn't been what you thought it was going to be and all you've had is one failure after another and you just beat yourself up so much you can't even hardly lift your hand to worship God because you're so heavy on yourself. Oh, my friend, I've come to tell you, you've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. It doesn't mean everything's been rosy. It doesn't mean everything's gone great this year. But you got to find strength in the Lord. It's not something anybody can do for you. It's not something your friends or your family can do for you. And even God allows you to find that place on your own. Oh, but I've come to tell you tonight that we have a source of strength. Hallelujah. We have a source of strength. We have a path. We have an avenue where you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. The promise that God gave to David is that he would recover all. Only after he strengthened himself. That promise wasn't given before he strengthened himself. The recovery and the rescue was not promised until David strengthened himself. The rescue is not a reality until David exercises promised anointing and authority in his own life. Not the life of others. Not the men, not the nation, not anyone. Just David having to dig deep. Now how did he do that? What did he say? The Bible does not say specifically, but I believe we can read a lot of what he did and said in the Psalms. I begin to look at this in Scripture and realize that David had to go back to a place where he could call to remembrance that God is a faithful God. Sometimes, my friend, you've got to call to remembrance the battles that you have fought and the faithfulness of God to bring you through. He began to remember when the oil from the prophet's horn flowed down his head and face and he felt the anointing of God on his life. He remembered when the bear tried to steal one of his sheep and the Lord gave him strength to kill the bear. And then the lion, he remembered the rush of faith and anointing as he shouted for the battle when he heard Goliath roar out and curse the armies of God. Oh, my friend, that's one of the beautiful things about walking with God season in and season out, year in and year out. When you walk with God on a regular basis, one of the cool things is that you have history. You have history with the Lord through His Word. You have seasons. You even know of physical locations where the Lord has brought you through. You can point at the spot in the carpet where you had a prayer meeting and God gave you the strength that you need. Oh, my friend, when God has given you those victories, they weren't for that isolated incident. They weren't for that time only. They were for a place where you can draw from those wells repeatedly over and over again you're going to need it again. He remembered how the Lord anointed him with strength 
and courage as he picked up those stones and shouted across the valley of Eli at the giant, you come against me with a spear and a sword, but I come in the name of the Lord and this day God will give me the victory. He remembered how God protected him from Saul. He remembered how the Lord had prepared a table for him in the presence of his enemies. He remembered how God had covered him, hid him in a pavilion, in a secret place. Oh, there's something about a grateful heart that changes things. I said, it changes things. It changes the focus. It'll change your perspective. You'll remember specific verses that God gave you in a dark hour. And that verse becomes your own personal real estate. Others love it. Others celebrate it. You're happy to share it with others, but you know that verse belongs to me. (laughs) I remember when God gave me that verse for that occasion at that particular time, and you own that promise. Nothing, no situation, no person, no rejection. There's nothing in this life that can ever take it from you because you know God was with you. You've got history with God through His Word. David prays a powerful prayer in Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Watch this. The Lord is the strength. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me. May have been his own men he was referring to. My heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, I said in the time of trouble, David said, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. He's going to hide me. He's going to keep me. Safety's coming. He's finding strength in the Lord. One thing you have to remember is before you can recover, you have to be covered. I'm going to say that again so you can put it on Twitter. Before you can recover, you have to be covered. The definition of cover is to place something uh, over or upon for protection, shelter, or refuge, to conceal or to hide from harm. So when you cover something, you shelter it. You can have physical cover from a storm. You can have political cover. You can have emotional cover. You can have social cover. But none of these are as important as spiritual cover. God gave cover to the children of Israel when they were delivered from Egypt in the form of an enormous cloud that traveled with them by day and protected them from the heat and a ball of fire at night that covered them from danger and provided warmth. But more importantly was the fact that this physical cover represented spiritual cover. Moses said, we don't even want to go out there in the wilderness unless you're going to go with us. In other words, we want cover. He knew that unless they had that cover, they would not be able to make it. You've got to have the cover before you can get the recover. Mm. There's all kind of examples. The word of God is a cover. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The house of God is a cover. It's a shelter. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Having a pastor is a cover. We live in a day and age now where nobody thinks they need a pastor. 
Nobody needs a doctor. Everybody's got the internet. Nobody needs a lawyer. Everybody's got the internet. Everybody thinks the internet has made them a master of all things. We don't even need a church. We can watch it online. We don't need a pastor. We'll be a pastor unto myself. You don't realize you're rejecting the very thing that God has given you to be a blessing to you. The pastor is a cover. That's why David would not touch King Saul even when the king was trying to take his life. Even when the king was out of the will of God. He knew the principle. He said, I can't touch the anointing of God. I'm going to leave that up to God. I'm going to let him take care of it because it is a cover. And to recover, you have to be covered. You say, why is that important in strengthening yourself? Because that's the obedience portion of strengthening yourself. This process requires worship which is thanksgiving and a grateful heart, and it requires obedience. So before you turn to others, you strengthen yourself. How do you strengthen yourself? You strengthen yourself with a grateful heart. You strengthen yourself when you obey the principle of the Word of God. Watch how David continues in Psalms, verse 6. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Oh, you've got to sing sometimes. Even when nobody else is singing, you gotta sing. You gotta find your own song sometimes. Yay, I will sing. Praise is under the Lord. What are you doing? I'm strengthening myself in God. That's what I'm doing. I'm gonna sing of the praises of God. I'm gonna sing of the blessings of God. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Woo! He's feeling his strength come back. His courage is coming back. The environment hasn't changed. The situation hasn't changed. His men are still glaring at him. But he's finding his strength in the Lord. God's not doing this. David is doing this. God is a loving father. Let's his children mature into a place where you can strengthen yourself in the midst of a crisis. David wrote in Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The NIV says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Lack nothing and recover all seems really similar to me. But this next part is the most difficult. At least it is for me. I can be thankful. That's not hard. It's easy for me as an individual to be thankful. I can obey the word even when it doesn't make sense. That's not the most difficult part for me. But the next step, the next thing that David did is oftentimes the most difficult, at least for me. And that is David inquired of the Lord. Sometimes I just assume that the Lord wants me to recover all. So why waste time asking, should I pursue? Just go do it. Just go get your stuff back. Just recover all. It's got to be God's will. Sometimes we assume that we know the will of God because it's biblical. But it may not be what God wants to give us at that particular moment. The example of the Word of God is of Paul. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay, we know that's the will of God. Paul said, I want to go to Asia. The Lord said, nope. Macedonia. It's the will of God to go preach. I want to preach in Asia. Nope. 
Macedonia. Sometimes we can know too much about the potential will of God that it drowns out our sensitivity to the particular will of God. You won't find that unless you inquire of the Lord. That's why it's not enough to just have worship. It's not enough to just obey the word. You've got to mix prayer in with all of it. You've got to inquire of God. Lord, I'm here and I'm following what I know to do, but I, I, I find my strength when I inquire of you. Lord, what shall I do? What would you have me to do in this particular situation? Prayer has to be a vital part of strengthening ourselves. It's that inquiring part. What should we do, Lord? The Lord says, pursue. And David says, if we pursue, will we recover all? That's a good question. It's important because there was a time when Israel asked God, shall we pursue? And the Lord said, yes. And they pursued and were defeated. And they came back home and said, Lord, shall we pursue again? And he said, yes, pursue again. They pursued again and were defeated again. Then they came back home and said, Lord, should we pursue? And if we do, will we recover? And he said, yes. And they were victorious that time. It's important when you inquire the Lord to go ahead and ask God what the final result's going to be. He may or may not tell you, but it's important to know. Sometimes things don't make sense. But often it doesn't make sense because we've got to be reduced down to a position of being strong in Him and not in ourselves alone. We have to be strong in Him. When God tells you something specifically, it has the weight of His will for that particular circumstance in it. Oh, hallelujah. They do pursue, and they recover all their family and possessions and all that, and it's a miracle. But guess what? It was because David had to strengthen himself in the Lord. I know it's a general principle that God is for us recovering what sin has taken. But somehow at the end of this year, I feel in my spirit that there is a specific promise that is for this moment. Pursue and you will recover all. Pursue and you will recover all. If we strengthen ourselves this year through worship, through obedience, through prayer, there is a great recovery that's coming. There is a successful rescue that is coming. And the only way that's going to happen is not for us to just put our finger in the wind and try to find out what the spiritual climate is. But it's to strengthen ourselves in God and say, I'm coming into the house of God to worship. Hallelujah. I'm going to obey the word of God even when it doesn't make sense. And I'm not going to start a day until I've read portions of scripture and I've inquired of the Lord. And I've said, Lord, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. But I'm asking you, God, to put somebody in my path today that I can witness to. I'm asking you, Lord, what would you have me do today that would bring glory and honor to you in the cities of Melbourne and Palm Bay and South Bavard, Lord? I want to know your will. I'm thankful for the general will of God that is revealed in the Word of God. But, oh, I believe God's going to give us a specific word for this season, for this day.
You're going to recover all. You won't have to look back and live in regret and remorse. You can go forward in the strength and the boldness of the Holy Ghost, knowing that God has given you the strength. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a great God we serve. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want us to come down and gather around the front here tonight for just a few moments. I know we're running a few minutes late, but I would not want to close out this year at East Wind without having a time where we inquire of the Lord, having a time of prayer, and we can just lift our voices unto the Lord. What a great God that gives us that passageway, that avenue, that path where we can come into His presence. He is great and greatly to be praised, isn't he? You may be going through a lot. You may even have a tough time right now. But I've come to tell you, you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. I said you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. Amen. There's some things that may not make sense, but you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. You may be dealing right now with trying to understand why certain relationships have not been successful. As I'm sure David was struggling, but you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. I said, you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. you got to go ahead and initiate it. God has given you the word. Go ahead and initiate. Lord, I lift up my voice to you. God, I'm asking for your guidance in your direction. I'm not just down here marking time, Lord. I'm not just going from one week to the next. I'm not just marking the years until my days are out. I've come to worship the name of Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, to direct my steps. I'm asking you, Lord, to give me purpose and meaning and reason. I'm, I'm asking you, Lord, to make me a vessel of honor, oh God. Let this instrument be an instrument of praise that will glorify you in every situation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Lift your voice up to God. He is a mighty God. We need you, Lord. We don't want to just go through the motions, God. Feel your strength. 
sufficient strength in your own life the best way to be able to measure that is that when you strengthen yourself in the Lord it will move you to a place of action I said it will move you to a place of action when your strength is sufficient it will flow into pursuit 
it'll flow into moving into the will of God by taking that step. That's where faith is involved, right? If you're not there yet, keep strengthening yourself in the Lord. If you're struggling with joy, keep calling to your mind, to your remembrance, all the things that God has done. Obey the Word of God even whenever it feels difficult. God's got something special for you. I said, God's got something special for you. Hallelujah. Inquire of Him. Don't don't serve God on your own. Inquire of Him. Partner with Him. Amen. Let the Lord direct your steps. He wants to be a faithful friend. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you hug your brother and sister? Tell them this is going to be the greatest year ever. God's going to bless us and keep us. We're believing God for a mighty move of the Holy Ghost.